0: The Damon Hayhow Podcast on DamonHayhow.com. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Damon Hayhow Podcast. I am delighted today to be doing an interview with my brother to another mother, Nathan Wallace, um, multiple-time national natural bodybuilding champion, world champion, pro, uh, PNBA um, bodybuilder. Are you PNBA? Because, I mean...
1: Yeah, PNBA and... I got pro
0: in other federations, but... Eh, yeah, you know, who's counting at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's Nathan anyway, humble, beautiful human being. Now, it would be very boring for all of you if Nathan and I just had this sort of gushy bromance going on on camera where we agree with each, you know, everything that each other says, and to give you some idea, if... Uh, I've said to everybody quite openly that if if I was going to compete again in bodybuilding and, you know, the doctors at the clinic where I'd obviously be staying decided that they would let me out um, and off my medications, then Nathan Wallace is the man I would ask over and above anyone else on the planet uh, to get me ready for the competition. So that's how much faith I have in this guy. So like I said, the conversation would be very boring if we went on those lines. So I'm going to play your typical bodybuilder and I'm going to ask Nathan questions like he might be used to getting from typical bodybuilders who come and see him. And so the first question I think, you know, that's, that's most important philosophical and, uh, you know, probably what brings most bodybuilders into you is your ass. Those glutes... Now, I can tell that, obviously, because you've got such a small, tight waist, you've never done a squat or a deadlift ever in your life, and you obviously built those striations into your glutes with really, really focused contractions using various varieties of of glute kickbacky kinds of things and hip thrusts, and obviously, you have a secret, particularly the fourth striation up from the bottom. I love what you've done with that striation. So can you tell the ladies and gentlemen exactly how you place your feet on your hip thrust and what your favorite exercises are for, for building those, those glutes? Because I'm right, aren't I? You've never squatted or deadlifted before. It's all about
1: before. those angles. It's all it's about, all about the angles.
0: angles. Yeah, that's what I thought. And getting that peak contraction and squeezing and feeling the muscle, like a person with neuromuscular disease who can't feel their muscles. You've got to act like that, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, it's all about that sort of contraction and EMG data that, that they always have. That's you know, whatever uh, fibers actually firing and. Yeah, because you've got EMG, firing. you've got
0: EMGs on every one of the machines at the gym, right? At uh, hold your own and.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much fair. Uh, it's just a scientific lab. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but now, no, seriously. So, so
0: have you ever done a squat or a deadlift before, Nathan? Uh,
1: multiple times a week. Oh really? <laughs> oh <laughs> oh a wow!
0: Fast. So so how do you keep yeah. your waist so? I mean, obviously, you must keep the weights light um, if you keep your waist and your hips so small.
1: Not necessarily. So, what we, How, what how we heavy would you go
0: it? on your squats and deadlifts, Nathan? Yeah,
1: so uh, we've usually programmed for most of our clients and myself and whoever else wants to work with us uh, squatting and deadlifting multiple times a week. Uh, Seriously? Uh, yeah. It's just how, how do they not just grow hips? I, I don't know. It's a, it's a <laughs> mystery to me, but we're... we're only that seems to be every single one of our clients doesn't seem to have a waist that's yeah fifty inches wide and and uh, you know and they
0: all huge. squat and and they all squat and dead do they do they squat and dead look no heavy butt, or no
1: butt, obviously we're just growing waist we, that's all we do <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. well you enter that big
0: waste federation don't you <laughs> yeah
1: <that's> exactly <laughs> so um, but no in all seriousness obviously we we program for um, the majority of the work that we've done is all based around the three biggest movements, which is squat, bench, and dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the core exercises that we work around. Um, and then you build, on top of that, that builds your foundation. It's about building foundations. And then uh, obviously we can do other exercises on top of that, but the, the the impact they might have on your physique compared to the you know a squat or a deadlift is marginal, you know, yeah. so – um, we we 're looking at when we squat you know majority of our work probably half of your session if not more three quarters of your session potentially would be based around a you know a squat or a deadlift or both if you have lucky enough for me to be our program into both of, into one of the days um, <laughs> yeah
0: that 's a lucky day yeah, yeah
1: it's a lucky day. so um, <laughs> okay like so so let's days.
0: let's let's take a um I don't know. Let's let's take an average eighty kilo guy, five foot nine, ten percent body fat. Yeah. So I've been training a little while, got a little bit of muscle, all the rest of it.
1: it lift, uh, yeah.
0: So, so what would you sort of expect him to lift for for a start off, and and then how how would a workout look structured around that sort of level of strength? So an eighty kilo guy, ten percent, five foot nine, you know, very average kind of smaller bodybuilder. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, lifter, you're kind of looking at some. If they're at if 80 kilo, they've been lifting for a few years, you'd kind of expect it. It's hard to know what to expect because yeah. people are yeah, uh, obviously how they've trained previously and the advice that they've given in in the past. Let's say they've been training with us for a few years, you'd kind of expect them to have a deadlift in the 200s. Yeah, um, yeah you'd probably expect them in the 200s at least, you know, the low to, low to mid 200 mark um, with a. Uh, with a squat potentially of somewhere in that high hundreds, you know, you'd be looking up around the 170s to, to 180 mark would be, that's kind of where you'd probably, that's what I would like to have seen when you see people come in and do it, but when we get people coming in that are around that, it's not exactly how they perform, so no. what, you would, what you would think this person would be able to lift uh, and what they actually perform due to the training stimulus that they've had in the past uh, is quite a lot different.
0: I don't understand Nathan because when when I go to the hardcore bodybuilding gyms where I train, you know, all all of the big guys there, they never they never do more than 3 plates on their deadlifts. Like I've seen the video of Phil Heath talking about how important deadlifts are for the thickness of your back, and then he proceeds to do about 3 sets of 5 on 140. So 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 why is this Nathan? Why why do you say that they should be stronger than that and everybody else is saying you shouldn't do these heavy exercises?
1: Uh, well, because they train ah, – this, this is a little bit of a tricky one. But <laughs> it is. Essentially, at that sort of level of what he's doing, that might not be a case that, that he's needed to be able to do Not that he cannot do, be able to do it, but he necessarily might not be able to have to do it. So do you able- think
0: that Phil Heath could actually deadlift 200 kilos if
1: he really wanted to? I think Phil Heath should probably be lifting in the 300s, really. Yeah. <laughs> And he probably could. If you had actually asked him to actually push himself to actually be able to do it, I would guarantee he's probably got the muscle mass, uh, as long as it's not hollow inside there. I don't know what his muscle is inside the muscle, but he looks like he's got a fair amount of muscle mass. It should be able to contract quite hard and be able to move joints pretty rapidly. You're saying try- that having
0: more muscle means that he should be able to generate more force against his skeleton?
1: Pretty much, yeah, oh. that's where I'm getting at. So, you know, the, the, be able to, the force that the muscle can contract at, you be able to move the joint in a certain di- direction, be able to actually then move a weight.
0: Well, that makes sense in terms of biology and physics, but I'm not sure in terms of bodybuilding whether that makes sense. So we may <laughs> have fair. to come back to that. <laughs> well, but okay, so so I'm, I'm 80 kilos, 10% body, uh, this guy, and I'll be doing, what, 220 deadlift and about a 170, 180 squat. So yeah. what what would my workouts look like? You know, how many days a week would I be training? Probably.
1: It depends. And we've, we, we I would I would structure from anywhere from three to five, even six in, in certain periods of training. Like if they're getting close to a competition, let's say this is, this is not a um, – average lifter that we're talking about, but this, this 80 kilo guy might be anywhere from three to four potentially, probably in around the average around the four, yep. but he might sort of wander down to three days a week training blocks, um, to a four day a week training block and that might be where he, he might, and that's what he enjoys, he likes training four days a week, that's probably where he might spend the majority of his training block, or training time, that four days a week, and he might shift up to five days a week if he really wants to, feels like he's got the the extra time and um so would you say that like? uh,
0: are you saying there that uh five days a week is superior for making progress and growing muscle than doing three days per
1: week um no no not necessarily if the, if you're still if you're still making progression why why need to move up further up in the in the rep in the days of, per week like if you're being able to put enough work into a session and recover and come back and be able to do. Let's say, I, I could I could prescribe him to squat three times that week, and he's only training three times that week. He's going to make a lot of progression. There is no, there's no point of him then training four or five days a week and squatting four or five times a week. It just wouldn't be necessary. Um, so, training three day, So training three days a week would definitely be if he's able to then progress and move forward uh, is still. Um, doesn't mean him going up to five days a week isn't going to necessarily get him progress any quicker
0: okay but we when we hear from all of my follow my fellow bodybuilding mates we always try to train for you know as many hours per day as we can as many days per week as we possibly can so are you saying that that training three days a week could be more effective then training for four hours per day, six days per week with an extra two hours of walking on a treadmill as well?
1: Well, it also depends on what you're putting in those sessions. So a lot of those guys that are training five days a week, uh, five or six days a week, with four or five times a week, four to five hours a day and everything else on top of it, what they're actually putting into those sessions is not necessarily very productive.
0: They train hard. They do, yeah. They are in their sunglasses, and they've got their bum bags, and their and their, you know, the <laughs> the do rag on the head. They're they're doing it hard.
1: Look, you if know. you're a, if you're able to train four, or five days a week, or five days a week, or six days a week, and able to put um put stuff into those sessions that is going to be beneficial, then by all means, five days a week might work well. Uh, but if you're not putting anything that it's really the substance of what you're putting into those sessions. Uh, the effort that you're putting in per session. If you're not able to put 100% effort into each one of those sessions, then maybe five days a week isn't for you. Uh, and then you might need to drop back. And you say, you're, you know, if you go into a tra- training block where it is five days a week, towards the end of the training block, you just find out you're burnt out because you're, you have been putting 100% of your effort into those sessions. But you're towards the end of the session quite bad or towards the end of the month, potentially quite badly then maybe five days a week isn't going to be the best op- option for you so then yes you would get more benefit out of three or four days a week okay because so how, the substance in
0: so that then comes into how do you measure that how, how would you look at whether the training is working or not
1: well the best the best method is seeing if someone's getting stronger so okay. if from training from training block to training block if you have improved in strength then you're progressing.
0: Shouldn't you just oh, use the mirror do, as your guide?
1: And that's in the strength terms, and that's obviously the process of things. We also then pro, we also then would measure uh, body composition. So we do it through skin folds. So um, measuring what, whether you know body what, composition. What about the mirror? <laughs> the mirror is the mirror is fine for a lot of people, um, but you can't. It comes down to subject and that person. You can that uh, you know, that client might you know have amazing friends that just say like, talk himself up so bad so much that <laughs> make him believe he's improving. It's not necessarily always the case, obviously. Uh, I've uh, never
0: seen that, Nathan. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> I've never seen a bunch of three or four guys yeah, hanging your, around the mirror. Your, in your friends and
0: family are the most objective <laughs> measuring tools that you have. Clearly, yeah. Clearly, they're much better than a caliper, which is only going to tell you, like, I don't know, how thick your skin is and how much muscle yeah. you've grown or lost. But hey. friends and family tell you whether you're really looking good or not.
1: Yeah, well, that's meant to be the gold standard, right? That's right, yeah. <laughs> that,
0: that's what they use in all the university studies, the mirror, and then ask the friends and family what they think.
1: <laughs> exactly so. <laughs> but no, we obviously measure with using skinfold calipers ideally. Um, yeah. Anyone that's obviously close and uh, in obviously in facility of us being able to reach us, well, we do online coaching as well. So in that instance, then we find it quite hard and, uh, <laughs> there is it is, obviously, you can't get skin folds. And getting people to do their own skin folds, I, although it's doable, uh, yeah. they often... <laughs> a they up. become
0: as reliable as their friends and family? Yeah,
1: they're, they're yeah. as reliable as their friends or family. So yeah. in that instance, it comes a bit hard, but obviously uh, anyone that we see straight away, the only sort of, method that we would generally use is a skin folding caliper. Obviously coming into a bodybuilding competition, you're obviously looking for a, a look at, you've got to make sure that they're they're looking like they're skin folding because you do get the instance where some certain people skin fold a little bit different to others, uh, that variance. So I've had some let's put in millimetres, I've had clients who have gotten down to 30 millimetres on a skin fold and look amazing. Um, but then I've had other people that get down to only 40 millimeters and look just as good. So okay. it's, it is quite relevant to the person. But uh, there's still
0: measurements to go along with the fact that
1: you – So that, that whole thing, the whole point about skin folds and measurements are that it is giving us an indication of if that, if that singular person is in progression or is hmm. progressive. Um, we're, not, we're not trying to compare them to another person. We're trying to compare person a per, person to themselves.
0: Yeah which obviously I agree with, but not for the purposes of this interview. Um, <laughs> okay, so what if you get a client down to 30 millimeters and they don't look particularly hard or, or great? You know, you get those people who they, their skin is as thin as it's going to get, but they just don't look fabulous. So, okay, that, does that disprove the entire methodology of using skin folds?
1: No, it still means that there's just a progression. It's just a progression thing. If they've gotten to 30 millimetres, um, well, they're still getting if – if they still have body fat to lose, then it's just a progression. Like you've gotten to 30 millimetres, that's amazing, but you might need to get to, to 25 or, or 20. Yeah. Uh, so it is a measurement of progression with skin folds. Uh, you use the same –
0: because it's the same number that John Davey – originally used from way back and john used to say basically if you get to 30 if you get to 30 mil over nine sites then you're not going to be losing to anyone on condition um it's
1: it it gives you it gives you a ballpark yeah but it doesn't give you an an exact no um like i said that's where some people would look amazing be able to get up on stage on 40 millimeters whereas others would need to get down to 30 it is just such a an individual thing it's not something that is set in stone like it's your one coach will say, you have to get to this millimetres, you get to this millimetres, then you are going to be stage ready and you're not going to get beaten. I'm like, well, it's individual because I've had clients that look they, look, they can't look like, they cannot get any leaner, but they're only pinching 40 millimetres. Yeah. So, and well, hey, I remember.
0: I remember when Nick Jones was getting ready for a contest when he came into Biologic Labs, yeah. and I, I said, "Show us what you look like." And he pulled his top off, and he had, the man had striations through his abs, and I grabbed his belly, and it's like, dude, you're fatter than I am. <laughs> like he, he looked absolutely healed but when you actually yeah. pinched the skin it just wasn't actually that thin and you, uh, you go you know he was also at the time it, he was a bit smaller than i think he was about sort of 80 kilos and he pulls his top off and he he literally in the comp he entered he beat guys over 100 kilos in condition because he just looked ridiculous
1: yeah and, and he may have pinched he may have been pinching 40 millimeter but that's that was so tight and that was as lean it's as. It's adequate, he was yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was his individual pinch, yeah. so yeah. Um, and lucky him. Sucks to be everybody him. else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he he looks amazing at forty millimeters, where others may not. Yeah. So it's just so individual. It gives us an idea of where you know obviously skin folds the end goal. We have an idea of where they're going to be able to get around that sort of ballpark figure, yeah. of millimeters total millimeters. But it's we use the skin folds as a measurement of progression. If you're pinching, if you're pinching seventy millimeters, and you come back in and a weeks later, and all of a sudden you're pinching sixty five, you've progressed. You've made. You've you would made think that's
0: obvious, you know. Yeah. Even if you're looking in the mirror, it doesn't mean that you can't take measurements of it as well and actually prove exactly. that what you're yeah. seeing is true. Is a-
1: Whereas if you're looking in a mirror and your mate says is a little bit more excited about how you look this week. <laughs> That's not necessarily <laughs> the
0: most objective. Yeah. I've always said to everybody just the mirror constantly lies. If you want to see how badly the mirror lies, go do some poses in the mirror then go and watch YouTube and watch Ronnie Coleman training for a five or ten minutes, then go then look go back in the mirror. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and look how fat and small you suddenly look within the space yeah. of five to ten minutes. You know? It's
1: very subjective. How you look at things is yeah. very objective, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so, so
0: getting back to a, to a training structure, or should we... Yeah, we'll get back to the training structure. So we're, we've got, you're, you're training three to five days per week and you were saying that you squat deadlift bench is the, is the foundation of all of the programming that you would do and that you might even have a person squatting three times a week. Would that be, would that, that would be some training cycles or that would be like all year round they train, they'd squat three times a week?
1: Not necessarily all year round, just some training cycles. And it's up to the person too. A lot of people we find that uh, they just cannot recover for three days a week training cycles it's so individualized and um i suppose uh, that's
0: why you use the strength progression to measure whether they're whether it's if working they're, if
1: they're if their progression hasn't gone that far sometimes potentially gone backwards training three times a week squatting three times a week it means that their fatigue management hasn't been amazing which means they're going backwards so just not recovering is enough eat before each session to be able to create that sort of Progressive, progressive overload. So what would you do? So therefore, we potentially may drop back. And other, we either then drop back the amount of work that they're doing per, per session in that sessions or um, we drop back the amount of times a week that, that they might do it. You've got to remember that not only is uh, squatting and deadlifting um, just great all-round exercises, they're a, they're, a, they're a skill, you know, yeah. they're, a, they're a skill. So um, we want to try and be at – the, I I think they're the the three best exercises for progression. Uh, They will put your body under the most mechanical stress possible to be able to create an environment for you to then grow and put muscle on. Um, So, yes, they're great in that sense of the word, but they're also an amazing skill, and that's why I think the sport of powerlifting is pretty cool where it's it's these guys trying to perfect and get stronger and stronger and stronger um, some improvement on the actual movement itself it's just a constant battle with yourself. You're constantly battling, and the more times you go in and do it, then the more chances you get to improve and challenge yourself to be able to improve on that movement. So, But Nathan, um,
0: as a bodybuilder, I believe that powerlifting actually detracts from my bodybuilding, and I need to avoid anything that looks like powerlifting at all costs because reasons.
1: Because those reasons, because potentially powerlifters just don't have the same. Because image.
0: bodybuilding's not powerlifting; it's just not. Damn it! You're not so, allowed to do it, and you're saying that we should do powerlifting and bodybuilding. How can you say that? Well, they're completely diametrically opposed sports.
1: It's it's a real funny thing because the the most a lot of current powerlifters are starting to look
0: like very, bodybuilders, <laughs> yeah,
1: bodybuilders because they're actually the only difference in the past was. Is Dietary-wise, really, it was the it was the diets that were, they they were consuming these like donut diets or whatnot. whereas powerlifters now are actually sorry, did you say
0: in the past?
1: In the, yeah, oh, <laughs> God, that um,
0: I, I believe but, the donut diet's still quite popular amongst the powerlifting fraternity.
1: It, yeah, <laughs> it's quite. I don't, well, won't go into it actually, but yeah. Um, it's quite funny that now I actually see a, a fair few powerlifters um, posting how they're getting nutritional help from ex coach or ex coach. Yeah. And how much bodybuilding is improving coaches too their lifts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, not only is it improving their lifts, it's improving their physique as a yeah. whole. Yeah. Uh, to the point where they're, they're looking like they potentially could throw themselves into a bodybuilding onto a bodybuilding stage eventually. If they really, if that was really the goal they wanted to do. Nathan, Um,
0: did you start as a bodybuilder or a powerlifter?
1: I started as a bodybuilder, but I think I powerlifted within the first six months of my first bodybuilding competition.
0: How could you do that? How is it possible that a bodybuilder could be strong?
1: I think, if you recall, I think I did uh, a deadlift meet within a couple of weeks for a just about every time I, I compete as a bodybuilder, I think builder.
0: I harassed you into it. <laughs> they used,
1: I? To, used, you used <laughs> to run a, a, power, a deadlift only competition only weeks after the end of this bodybuilding season, and I used to get myself up and ready to be able to deadlift only weeks after. The I power, remember emceeing a show
0: where you deadlifted on oh, the deadlift. day you competed.
1: Yeah, there's that as well. So yeah, you know, it's um, it's you should like the other thing is is like really you should be fair. Like, I understand you may lose a, a, a minimal amount of strength. You know, because just biomechanically, we start changing slightly, especially squatting and benching. We our mechanics, our leverages change slightly as we diet back down. Mm-hmm. But really, we if we're holding the same amount of muscle mass, we should be able to move uh, way our way. joints the same amount of weight, um, same way as we were in our off season. Yeah. Um. So we should be able to hold our strength anyway.
0: Sorry, I shouldn't be agreeing with you, even though I do obviously. But yeah. <laughs> Okay, so basically, you're, you're achieving bodybuilding outcomes through using almost a powerlifting focused training regime. Your squat bench deadlift, see if the strength is progressing. It should mean that you're able to compete in a powerlifting competition if you want or prepare for a bodybuilding contest all through the same training. Is that yeah, essentially really nice.
1: correct? Yeah. yeah. If, if anything, what might happen is the very slightest shift towards. More work put into the squat, bench, and dead, than maybe some smaller, smaller movements. But it's a small shift. Yeah, we're talking percentages in training. So let's say I set up a a day's training. Uh, that day might consist of sixty percent of the work or seventy percent of the work as your big main movements, stuff that's going to be improving on pe- like your powerlifting, the power stuff, and then the other the other percentage would be. Bodybuilding movements a mm-hmm. dumbbell curl, tricep push down, whatever it might be. whereas when we're going into a bodybuilding phase the shift might be slightly ajar, closer to what you might put a little bit more accessory work in okay. so which might mean if we just make, take a little bit more work out of the squat bench and dead but it's the margin it's a marginal dif- difference really yeah. um, Well the, legs- still the bulk of training load would still be the three big movements and then followed by some accessory movements afterwards.
0: All right. Well then, let's let's start talking about the volume side of things. So, uh, we've said we're we're maybe squatting three times per week, training three to five days per week. Uh, deadlifts would have to fit in there. How uh, how often would deadlifts fit in if you're squatting? Right.
1: It's deadlifts would fit in anywhere from one to three times a week. Again, depending on wow, how
0: okay,
1: person, yeah, how the person is able to handle that. I find deadlifting one of those exercises where you get a really good carryover from the squat, so sometimes it's not necessarily needed to be able to do the same amount of volume as a squat. So you'll be able to carry a lot, because squat, you're utilizing a lot of the same muscle groups, mm. uh, you're able to carry that volume across in the deadlift, and obviously with a squat, the same muscle groups, but when you're going through greater ranges of motion, um, so therefore, when we go back to a deadlift, it still has a slight carryover really, the only difference from there on in is deadlifting um, making sure your the technique and skill of the movement is still you know right
0: so you wouldn't you don't find the same way with the deadlift back because as you know, I'm more of a fan of the deadlift than the squat so
1: it is definitely dependent on the person. I have a clients where an independent the person like for example right now I'm injured as. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, um,
0: Nathan had yeah. hip surgery, so yeah. <laughs> when we say injured, we're not talking. Yeah. Oh, and it, and and how did you first break that hip, Nathan? That was obviously squatting a ridiculously heavy weight, wasn't it?
1: Yes, it was. No, it was just squat. It was just I had an actual um, deformity of my hip socket.
0: Yeah, but the the tear that you did leading into that first bodybuilding competition was
1: caused for the powerlifting competition it was by. Um, well, I was squatting at the time. Yeah,
0: but um, you sprinted up a hill and that's when you when you busted it. Oh,
1: you're talking about the hamstring tear. Yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> but that's where it all started. Like, there wasn't really a problem before that.
1: Um, well, that was the hamstring tear when I was sprinting up a hill. Yeah. Because um, then was... you also
0: did another major training accident, I believe, diving off a stage.
1: That was... <laughs> i've had a few injuries that hasn't been training related <laughs> yes and and isn't uh, it a
0: funny th- It's i don't know about you but i've i've just noticed that a lot of the lifters that we know their most severe accidents didn't actually happen lifting big heavy barbells that everyone say are going to injure you they're sort of I
1: hamstring about three years ago off the bone by snowboarding so uh, yeah i've had a few injuries that haven't exactly been related i've actually probably had more injuries like serious injuries, yeah. not weight training. Like, yeah, all of us have. That I've actually had in, in the gym. So yeah. I've only had one major I- issue and that was the hip issue, which is actually a deformity, something that I can't actually get away. I was born with it. Yeah. Uh, and It was going to happen. Yeah, well, fortunately, by squatting it was just a, an impingement issue where my, my femoral head was pinching on my acetabulum too much where the labrum connects, and eventually, over time with the repetition, it wore, out. It, wore it out and it ended up tearing. So it's one of, that was a that's an unfortunate injury. Other than that, I've had you know I've had a few back niggles over the times, but who hasn't? Um, I think I spoke to I spoke to a, a, a surgeon about this, um, and he said you'd be surprised if you if we were to X-ray most twenty-year-olds. Backs st- in, in the twenties, they'd all have some sort of disc issue, or it's just—it's just a part of life, really. Right. So did I? Did I
0: tell you well, about that? That mo- it wasn't really a study, but um, I read about a a test these these guys carried out on some um, physios and chiros, I believe, a number of years ago, and they they filled a theatre with all of these professional doctors and they showed them x-rays of 20 different spines and asked for the the you know their opinions on what kind of symptoms the people would be suffering based on these spinal x-rays and there was actually fairly Remarkable consistency between all of the the physios and chiros and whoever it was that was in the room, you know, saying, "Oh, this person would have this, that, da 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 da," and yeah. they listed all of these different maladies that all of these people would be suffering. And at the end of it, they said, "Thank you, gentlemen, for your input. These are the spinal X-rays of twenty perfectly healthy people with absolutely nothing wrong with them whatsoever." Yeah, and,
1: and so, yeah, and that's exactly the point. I went like I, I spoke to a surgeon about that I had a niggling back and it was just I went in there and he was like, your back's perfectly fine. be uh, <laughs> yeah. he healed up within a, in a, within a few weeks uh, and then he said your back looks just like, you'd be surprised, most 20-year-old uh, human beings have backs where they're, they're, no one's ever the same, they're going to have disc issues and all sorts of things, it's but like you a- probably won't ever feel it or know about it.
0: It's like I said, if you if you took a bunch of surgeons through a forest and told them to diagnose the trees, they'd want to cut them all down and say they're all fucked. You <laughs> <know>. <laughs> they're not perfect right angles or 45-degree angles with the branches. Anyway, so... Um, we were talking about training volume. So uh, you, you say that we're, you're integrating powerlifting and bodybuilding. So how do your rep schemes then look? Because as we know, for hypertrophy, you can only do 8 to 12 reps because 7 won't grow any muscle and 13 will make you a marathon runner. And if you do three to five reps, you get strong. But anything outside that range won't make you stronger ever at all because you can only do reps in three to five or eight to 12. So which uh, do you choose?
1: We, we vary greatly between – and then it depends on exercise to exercise and the amount of stress that it causes on us. But it can vary from one to two reps, ideally not one all the time. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I could. I could go in to do one rep every day, but I like one uh,
0: rep training. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. All my warm ups, um, one <laughs> get fine. to the top, yeah. one I'm, bye. Yeah, exactly,
1: get out of there. <laughs> Um But like, at the moment, for me, like, it's a risk management. If I walk into the gym, I'm looking <laughs> at injuries, so maybe one rep and get out of there is probably the best. It's probably a good idea. Yeah, sixty
0: kilos, one. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> Made uh, it.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it will vary from 1 to 50. Uh, 1 to 50
0: is the rep range.
1: 1 to 50 is the rep range. And it is dependent on the exercise and uh, muscle group that we're potentially training. Um, And it's not like doing a bicep curl for 50 reps. I couldn't think of anything boring, more boring. (laughs) (laughs) And more painful. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's very low, (laughs) I'll, I'll do eight reps or six reps, and I'm like, I've got to burn. I'm out of here. I'm but, done. Uh, yeah. But you know, certain exercise exercises and uh, movements are able to be able to do a lot more volume in that per set than other exercises. Um, well, okay, and, let's
0: like, let's use you then as an example. So not injured, Nathan, right now, but Nathan, you know, pro natural bodybuilder at your oh, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah. So <laughs> when you're sitting, you know. Uh, lean, uh, strong, hard. You know, you would be usually be what around ninety eight kilos. You'd still be very lean, very hard, but at your strongest, yeah.
1: that'd be yeah, about I right. I think I was about ninety eight, about eight yeah, percent or, or seven percent, leaner
0: than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, give us some idea of some of the rep sets you would have done as PBs. Like, what's your best PB? Well, PB high rep squat. What's the highest rep squat you've ever done with what weight?
1: Um, higher reps, well, I think I got 160-something or for 20, okay. I think I've hit. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: And your PB one rep max?
1: My one rep max, that's not actually five years ago. That was actually not too, that was when I actually had my hip tear. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and you couldn't probably, go
0: heavy, so you just did lots.
1: Yeah, uh, that was 242, so PB 242. Yep. Um, but during that other time, it was around 230, um, Scored two ten for my well, best ever is two ten for ten, I believe yeah. from memory. What's that equate to? I was about a two seventy or something. Yeah, along it's my, up, it? Yeah, yeah, that was my best. Uh, that was before the that was just before the hit tear. Um, <laughs> Always so, Yeah, it was about a week or two before the hit tear. Could have actually been it, that <laughs> that set. But um, <laughs> so um, that, then,
0: what about something else uh, more esoteric? What about a military press?
1: Military press, I'm a terrible military press person, but, but uh, I got 100 kilos once. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, I'm terrible. Anything overhead. Really? Yeah. I'm With not, those shoulders? Never, never trained it. Didn't think it was a necessary, I'm not, not a massive fan of the movement. So I didn't uh, know that. I
0: thought you did yeah. reps with one with 100 kilos when we trained together oh, in the I'm video.
1: Thinking, I'm thinking overhead press, standing military press.
0: Oh, standing overhead yeah. press. That sucks. I hate that exercise.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. That's that's the... I've never seen a reason to do it. No, I'm no, no. Seated press.
0: military press, yeah.
1: Seated military press, I think I got up around 140. I think around that mark it would have been 130, 140 for that around a, a, one or two reps. So what about Heated reps? Uh, Rep-wise, I was hitting 120s for Eight to ten. Ooh, I was definitely I was doing 100 and 110s for higher reps, up in the twenty mark. Yeah, yeah. So and
0: what about a leg press?
1: <clears throat> best was the old the old stomping ground. Oh, yeah. I got up to three twenty for forty eight. Maddie and I from we used to have like little battles, and we worked trained for together for a while there. I think it was yeah. about a twelve week period, and we just kept on. We started at like 200 for 50. Yeah. And, and then built we went to 200 this week and, and we ended up getting up to about 320 for 40. And I just missed out on the 50. I think I just bombed out. And, and that was on the
0: monster leg press back at
1: Biologic? That was on the monster leg press, but the sled was actually like about 100 kilos. It
0: was, yeah. That's what I was going to say is that it's it's not your average sled. It was made out of freaking enough scaffolding to sort of <laughs> to get oh, to the top fun. of the Burj Khalifa it was it was huge <laughs> it
1: was a big so that was about 320 for 324 48 i think we got up to around i think maddie got around the same area as well
0: okay all right yeah. so 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 you've done some pretty big reps with some pretty decent weights on all of the big exercises and things basically yeah, and, and do you do that it. with your clients
1: yep yeah so do 50-rep leg presses is kind of like the – Yeah, know, holy the, grail. It's the holy grail. It's something uh, – obviously, uh, learnt those ones from you. But it's, <laughs> I, it's one of those exercises where I think not only do you get an amazing – like you do get muscular hypertrophy out of the movement going to 50 reps, who would have thought. You get strong
0: um, as hell, though, too. I think
1: i got the best, I, think I got the best leg gains out of my – in that short amount of time, when I went through that period of twelve yeah. weeks trying to try and do fifty rep leg presses, yeah um, the only other time I kind of I, I can pinpoint a few times when leg growth was at its greatest, and it was during that point of time and another point of time was when I was really hammering down on like twenty rep squats, yeah uh, yeah, yeah, that was probably the two times when I kind of got the 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 most amount of growth as much as they are. They just suck. Oh, that you just sucks. spend
0: your in, yeah. I, I you know, I think I told you the story when I was doing the fifty rep leg presses, you know, as a as a staple kind of thing in my program. And I can still vividly picture sitting in the in the chair of the leg press down at Brighton Baths and thinking to myself, fuck. In only five days, I'm going to have to do this again. I was already worried about the next workout before I was about to do the one I was going to do.
1: Well, I, well, I think I felt, I felt one word. I can remember finishing up a 50-rep leg press set or workout or whatever it might be, having clients straight after oh. thinking, shit. I can't walk right now. <laughs> I'm yeah. to get up and stand to be able to train my client in five minutes' time. <laughs> so, yeah, I, not, yeah, not only are they a test of uh, – like they do help, I think, improve hypertrophy, going out the norms of the rep ranges that you would think they're a great character test. And I've always, yeah, I've yeah. always said that. I think uh, teaching or training your character is just as important as training for – for muscle growth, I think if you can Damn. train your character, um, you it, it indirectly will then cause you to be able to progress greater than what you would be able to. Couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, I've always, I've always lived by that. You know, you, sometimes you've got to do that stupid stuff. You don't know why you're doing it, um, just to test that character. So therefore, it it allows you to it, it improves that threshold that you think you can push yourself yeah. to. Yeah, exactly. So the other stuff. Is then improves as well, and that becomes easier.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you yeah. say that it's a uh, it's about character, and given that nobody trains like that anymore,
1: nobody trains like that. <laughs> no, you just and you
0: like, never see it anywhere, you know.
1: No, and like it's really cool to see at the moment that uh, a couple of the guys are prepping at the moment. But it's not even matter that they're prepping; they're in they're only in the off season. One I'll nail down is is Liam for me. He's like I was when I was twenty, and he's twenty one at the moment. Yep. And just that same 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 work ethic every single time. It's like, how much can I push my character and improve on it? Yeah, it's just a real cool thing to watch. You which, know? I'm which you can right. only
0: you can only get with measurements, can't you? It's only when you put yeah. the number in front of the person and say, "This is what you need to do to beat yourself last time," that they go, "Oh shit, okay." Yeah, and, 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 think, then,
1: and then you, and then, and then I think everyone's going to be like. It's. I think the result when he jumps on stage in the next twenty weeks, mm, you'll see. It. Is, is you'll see that yeah. like you will be able to see the improvement that he has made uh, in the short amount of time. It's only been two years since his last, but the amount of improvement he's made in his training character uh, is going to show on stage. Like Well, let's let's
0: well, put numbers for the ladies and gentlemen. How much heavier should he be on stage? Because uh, I can imagine gonna, if he's prepped by you, he's going to be in better condition. So, how much heavier be, would he be too?
1: Uh, he's probably going to be inwards of like, in two years. I think we estimate almost close to ten kilo,
0: <laughs> drug free,
1: like, drug free. And like obviously, he's a he's a young guy. He's twenty. He's going from nineteen to twenty-one. Yeah, prime time of your life to be able to grow. But ten kilos of muscle is ten kilos of muscle. Yeah, um, and it doesn't matter in what period of time you're going to. You are. That is a. It's dramatic, yeah. And and for yeah.
0: a for a person who's already competed before as well, we're not talking about yeah. first going to the gym, but you're talking no. about new muscle on top of,
1: on top of what he was doing. And he yeah. um, it's and I think, work. The, the, I think the I think the biggest improvement he's made is just like I said, I going to keep bringing back, but that training character, just being able to push himself in the gym like I used to be able to do, yeah. uh, and, and me still back when I yeah, cared. And, but But um, even there
0: you know it's funny you know i'm 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 old and i'm old and i'm tired and i got other things to worry about now and i think about it sometimes because i you know i go my workouts are so pathetic and so sad because you know i just did leg extensions because i didn't have the energy to be bothered squatting and then i go yeah but i did 40 reps on 150 kilo leg extensions which is more weight for more reps than most of the clowns are doing on their freaking leg presses let alone their squats you go once you've got that character it's just like you can't bullshit yourself to train you know
1: exactly, exactly it. like yesterday i'm i yesterday i trained for the first time in seven weeks like <laughs> that's Jesus. Purely because we've been traveling. Yeah, you've been um, away. So competing. I just haven't had the time being able to try and keep up with work and running a gym and while I'm away, I just I had to, something had to be put on the back burner and training, unfortunately, with that, which has never been the case.
0: No, not but, for you.
1: Not for me, but it's something that's obviously had to be. Um, so I trained for the first time in seven weeks and was able to push myself to the point because I have that character I'm nearly vomiting on an upper body session where I was some <laughs> some bench press and some lap pull down and You out of lighter. shape,
0: brother. You out of shape bad.
1: I'm very, very well of shape or I'm able to actually push myself.
0: And a bit uh, of that
1: too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a bit of a mixture of both, but I still think if I didn't had built that character, I probably would have stopped a lot earlier than what I would have previously.
0: Yeah. But also well, okay. Tell us what you... I mean, without embarrassing you, but just give us an idea. What did you do? What did you hit as a top performance or it was volume?
1: Uh, it was, <laughs> bench foot... Pre- I wouldn't even go there. I was... It mm. was pretty pathetic, buddy. It was pretty pathetic. I <laughs> but you still... Back, I got back up to 100 kilos for uh, 10 reps or something, I think it was. Yeah. She's for 10, uh, which is pathetic. I in my in my prime i think i'm hitting 125 130 for 10 but um, it was but so actually that's I'm
0: that's exactly the point though It's just like it's even with seven cuz it's one of those other things once you've uh, the the guys who and and i'm not playing my fake bodybuilder anymore obviously but the guys who build the strength like you've done they've done that work they've shown that character etc it, you know, they can – we've seen guys in powerlifting who literally haven't touched a bar in a couple of years, and they walk back into the gym and sort of squat 200, 220, you know, first time back out of the yeah. gate. And it's like it's there forever when it's actually built in that real yeah. way.
1: And like I could have yesterday I, – I had a play-around session about four days, three or four days ago, literally just to sort of prime myself for this first session. <laughs> yeah. got bombs in my chest. Oh, i ever had, yeah. And I had to carry that through yesterday's session, so I was, I was trying to be a bit careful, um, but I probably could have pushed it a lot harder if I, if I really wanted to. But the, uh, especially on that movement on the bench, I think I've had, I had a previously had a shoulder injury before the actual, the seven week layoff time, so it was kind so of
0: being a, careful,
1: yeah. Being a bit careful leading into it, but still being able to pick up a hundred kilos yeah and be benched more than what most people would be is you know it's there yeah with two so, months off which yeah, which actually
0: months. it, uh, it kind of segues a little bit, but um you were away with Sophie Sophie's been competing as well and yeah. she won the uh it, it was the bikini division she won correct in yeah. the in Ohio and the Arnolds yeah. or last she year anyway
1: second, she came second in Ohio uh, at the Arnolds, which is classified as one of the, like the hardest um Amateur comp- competitions going around, uh, and then recently just won her pro card in New Zealand. Yeah. So congratulations, congratulations, uh, that- Sophie! Yeah.
0: But okay, so with yeah. with with Sophie, she competes in bikini. She's gorgeous. She's got a waist that's a little bit smaller than your son's upper arm, um, yeah. and those tiny little hips, which are probably smaller than your daughter's, and yeah. uh, you know clearly she must do no squatting and deadlifting like you do for everybody else. She just must spend all of her time on the on the treadmill, right? You've got one in the kitchen so that she never has to, you know, go anywhere without doing cardio. Yeah, well,
1: it's right in front of the TV. Yeah, you know. in front of the TV, oh, one in the kitchen,
0: one in the bathroom. So even when she's, you know, going to the toilet, she can keep walking on the <laughs> treadmill because that's what you got to do, right? Yes,
1: yeah, it's just all about... Apparently it's a step, it's a stepper or whatever they call it now. Oh, master. right. That's new one yeah you're out
0: of touch okay and she and she does her and she does glute kickbacks about what ninety times a day for about a hundred sets eight yeah, days a week twenty five hours a day yeah no so yeah. sophie she trains the same right
1: uh not necessarily uh so Sophie's programming is apparently uh i'll give you a kind of a rough guide of it she squats three times a week yeah um, yeah. She loves training, like just loves it, doesn't
0: oh, – You can't get her out of the hard, gym, one of those. It's hard,
1: it's hard for her to not do training days yeah. uh, getting into it. So she trains five, six, five to six days a week depending on how much her workload is with her business and sometimes it has to drop back down. But leading into a competition, she just gets so, like, motivated. She likes going in the gym and just training for six days a week but only gets about an hour to train. Um
0: but she only squats, she, when she squats three times, she only squats like, what, 30 kilos, right, including the bar?
1: Squats three times a week in around that 80 kilo mark for rep. <laughs> and um, that's
0: powerlifting depth, meaning she actually bends yeah, her knees too.
1: Yeah, pulls yeah, yeah. depth all the way down. And then we'll deadlift twice a week as well. And what does um, she deadlift? Uh Her deadlift's not amazing, <laughs> not compared to a squat. It's, She's the one of the very, very rare few that squat's better than a deadlift. Oh, really? But she'll deadlift up around the 70 kilo mark for reps.
0: But she, she squats out 80 for what?
1: 80. She's done 100 for a couple of reps before. So and what does she, she weigh? 80 for, uh, 53 kilo, yeah. 52 kilo. Yeah, something on those marks. So, so tiny little girl uh, with
0: tiny little waist, sexy little bum and all the rest of it.
1: Joints this big. Like, joints that big,
0: Yeah. yeah. And she's still so, doing reps on even 100 kilos on the squat, full depth, yeah. powerlifting legal.
1: And sitting at uh, very low percentage body fat. Yeah. Very low percentage body fat. So, but so then it must um, be a lot of
0: starvation, correct? What, what were her calories leading into the contest?
1: I think she got the lowest she got down to for a tad there, a couple of weeks it was, was 2050 or something like that, Two <laughs> thousand. Yeah, someone that was the lowest. I think she, got. um, she got down to. You
0: there? Yeah, yeah, gotcha.
1: oh, I'm got you. Oh, I right can there. still see. You. <laughs> um, yeah, the lowest she got down to was about yeah two and a two thousand fifty, but averaged probably around the two
0: thousand two hundred. Amazing at fifty three. Uh, yeah,
1: at fifty three kilo, and then probably we'll get back up to. Two and a half, maybe a bit, probably a bit higher. Even this time, she might even get into the closer to the three thousand mark. Yeah,
0: awesome. Um, well, I mean, we've been talking for about an hour now, and we've been talking all about training and everything else. So, should we wrap this one up and maybe do another one another time in the future? Talk about nutrition a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So, do you want to tell the so people can come to you for programs, diets, all the rest of it,
1: for bodybuilding or powerlifting? Yeah, whole- bodybuilding powerlifting. Obviously, I've done both. Um, a lot of the guys here are all competitors, so it doesn't matter um, who you get, where everyone's a competitive at least. Um, I do majority of the, or pretty much all the powerlifting, programming, if any. But like I said, it, the difference between it is not that much Marginal difference. anyway, much yeah. Difference anyway. Really it's just that last sort of month. If someone was to actually compete in powerlifting, I kind of know a little bit more about that last few weeks where you may need to just back off for a little bit and then know what to do on the day yeah. and yada yada yada. So that's that's the majority the the back the base strength is still gonna be any of the guys can can do it and um, here so yeah. and you, you do the just
0: online just stuff cool. as well, so people can contact you holdyourown.com.au. dot com dot AU?
1: Yeah, so holdyourown.com.au is, um, is our email address. So if you jump on that, you can get all the details of what what we produce, what we have, what services we have. Um, we've also got the gym as well. So anyone local um, to the Gold Coast is uh, – I think it's the best facility on the coast to be able to incorporate both bodybuilding and powerlifting training. in And there. strong,
0: man, given you got all and that strong. stuff there too.
1: Yeah, so – it's just a facility to be our people to get strong. That's what it we've what it built it about around. Love it, yeah.
0: love it, man. Love your work, love your place, yeah. love you. You know, no homo, just like a brother thing. <laughs> 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 but thanks very much for your time, bud. And um, yeah, let's uh, let's do it again sometime soon. Yeah,
1: let's do it. Cool. Thanks,
0: thanks for having me on, man. Thanks to the chat, man. Bye. The Damon How Podcast on Damon How Hayhoe- dot com